Welcome to C3 Church, Queens Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. I have known this lovely lady for 12 years and we've become firm friends. Is Lockie in the service? Ah, so we met because Lockie and Jonah, I'll embarrass them in their absence. Uh, when they were in pre-primary, they were kind of these cute chubby little five-year-olds with little cheeks and things and now they're all hairy manly people. So yeah, not so good. And in that time, in that 12 years, we've become really firm friends. And my husband Derek and I know these guys well and we know their character, we know their heart, we know their integrity and I just would love for all of us just to stand. You two need to sit. These two are your leaders. And as I looked at Pastor Nicole this morning, I could just see she looks like Wonder Woman, she looks like Diana. <laughs> I love her hair like that. She is the most amazing woman and this is the most amazing couple. The depth of prophetic insight, the depth of wisdom and just faith and love for Jesus in these two is outstanding. Many of you standing behind them now are here today because you are to rise into positions of leadership for this church. And that comes with that servant leadership that Jesus modelled. That means you get involved. That means you align yourselves behind these two. They lead the charge and I know how much they pray for you guys, what they sacrifice for you guys, what they actually cry over, cry out to God about for you guys and for this church. So I just want you to clap now, honour these two in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for their leadership. We pray a fruitfulness on them. And we ask right now, Lord, that those that are to be leaders in this house would have a revelation today that they are here for this ministry and for this church in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's take a seat. Thank you. Growing up, one of my favourite parts of the Bible were the parables that Jesus told. I didn't fully understand them. I just liked that Jesus used everyday things, usually farming kind of things, food things, wheat and grapes and figs and things, to reveal God's nature and kingdom truths to people. I liked the symbolism of it, even when I was tiny. Maybe there was early signs that I would be an English teacher one day, I don't know. But parables, I've always, I just resonate with them. I really enjoy them. And do you know, Holy Spirit still speaks to us like that today. He uses what's in our lives. He uses the everyday, ordinary things around us to bring us personal revelation of where we're at and who he is. And he will continue to do that in our lives. So look out for that. Keep your eyes and heart open. I had a moment like this at the very beginning of this year. So I have a little story to tell you. I've called it the parable of the pond. And we even have some pictures, a bit like a Bible storybook. So are you ready to hear a little story and learn some amazing truths about God? All right, let's settle in. So last year, our family moved house. The house that we moved into had many things that we had been looking for in a house. It had a swimming pool, lots of trees, my favourite. Spaces that we needed for our family and it had a pond. The pond was old. The house is about 50 years old and the pond was part of the original build of the house. So even though some parts of the house had been made new, the pond was old. It had fish in it which I didn't know at first, because it was so murky and algae-ridden and very kind of unattractive, 
you couldn't see them. Our last year, for those of you who know us, you might know this, was hectic for many reasons. And so the murky pond sat. Jonah, our eldest son, is a little bit of an animal whisperer. If there's an animal within a 1K radius of Jonah, it will go to him. Our cat sleeps with him. All animals love Jonah. So he wanted to sort the pond out. He wanted to add more fish to the pond. But the pond sat. Then, 2nd of January this year, New Year fever gripped us and we thought, right, we're on holidays, let's do something about this pond. And so, off to the pet store we went, we bought a bunch of new fish, we were excited, we came back, a bit of minimal tweaking to the pond, we floated that bag on the water, we waited the requisite amount of time, we released those fish and off they swam. Job done, right? We knew what we were doing. Over the course of the next few days, each day, one of the original fish died. Until all the original fish were dead, and some of the new ones too. Ah, what had we done? This wasn't what we wanted. And so our adventure began. Derek and Jonah decided that the pond needed to be cleaned out. And we have a photograph of that. This was an all day and into the night job. This was not easy. The water needed to be cleaned out, needed to be drained, and then came the sludge and the sludge removal. We had thought that the pond was about 30 centimetres deep, but there were layers and layers and layers of built up leaf litter and rotting materials that we dredged out of the pond. We found that it was much bigger and deeper than we had originally thought. My husband and my son had to set up lights to continue doing this into the night. The sludge stank. We could smell it wafting up throughout our entire house. And one of our neighbours came out to see what was up with that smell. I felt very sorry for him. I was like, we are the worst neighbours. We've moved in and now we're making this really bad smell. So at one point in removing all of this, I actually heard a slight scream from my husband and it was kind of girly. It was very unusual for him. <laughs> and when I went out to see what was up, um, he showed me a pile of weird things that he'd found in the sludge of the pond. Um, and, you know, this was, it was quite an eclectic mix. So there were some golf balls. We live opposite a golf course. Uh, there were two sprinklers and there was this odd stone, maybe egg thing. Didn't know what that was. And the thing that had caused Derek to scream was a cat's skull. Oh. Complete with pointy little teeth. It was awful, yes. Okay, so eventually the pond was emptied out. Uh, the next day we decided that maybe we needed to learn a thing or two about ponds if we were going to successfully keep fish. So we went to a pond shop. And the first thing that we saw as we arrived was this huge sign explaining that if you introduce new fish into a pond that has not had new fish for about six months to a year, that it would kill the original fish. Oh. 
So this was an amazingly huge sign as you enter the pawn shop. So that sort of that piece of information out and also confirmed to us that perhaps the permanency of that sign indicated we weren't the first people to have done this. So that made me feel a tiny bit better whilst also very guilty for still killing a whole bunch of fish. Okay, we asked a whole bunch of questions. We bought water plants and a water lily and we bought this special volcanic rock powder that you sprinkle into the pond to keep the algae down. We talked to the man about the pump and the filter and we also brought home some new fish. But what the pond man had said to us stuck with me. He said, having a pond is not about keeping fish, it's about tending water. Ah, yes, and so we followed the advice that was given to us and the water became clear. The lily grew and the fish survived. Ah, oh, there we go, there's my lily and my fish. Can we just go back to that first photograph? I really want people to see how gungy that one was. See, there's Derek and Jonah emptying out. Can you see Derek's white leg in the foreground? There's a black pile of stuff piling up there next to him. That is the beginning of the sludge. Yeah, it was like deep, deep, lots of that. Yes, that was good. So we get to the point where we have this clear, beautiful water, lilies and fish, and it's starting to look fantastic. I was proud of my pond now, not embarrassed by it. Birds came and drank and bathed in the fountain. And a couple of months later, we now have baby fish in our happy pond. Aren't they cute? I think they're cute. If you're not a fish person, you might think that little one looks a little odd anyway. Okay, so there's my story of my pond. But as I watched my husband and my son clean out the pond, Holy Spirit spoke to me and revealed something about myself and about him. And this is what was revealed to me. The pond is us. It represents our lives. And the water is our heart. Just like water, our hearts need to be clear to be full of life. Our hearts need tending. Proverbs 4.23 in the Amplified says, To keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all else that you would guard, for out of it flows the springs of life. God is so interested in our hearts. At salvation, we give God our heart. He wants our heart. But that's not a one-time deal. That's not a one-moment deal. God wants to make his home in our heart. He wants us to allow Holy Spirit to search our heart, to get in there, to clean some sludgy stuff out and release us into some gifts and grow fruits of his Holy Spirit in our hearts. So just like we wanted to grow fish and plants in our pond, God has a plan to grow some stuff in our hearts. Life springs from our hearts. Everything we do comes out of our heart attitude. Um, another scripture that I've just momentarily forgotten the reference for is that everything, I think it's in Luke, everything that is in our heart actually ends up coming out of our mouth. Okay, so what we say is actually a reflection of what comes out of our heart. How we live, our actions, all heart driven. That's the way we live. The condition of our hearts is so important to God and it affects the quality of our life and it affects our usefulness for him in his kingdom here on earth. And we want to be kingdom people, don't we? We want to be a part of building God's kingdom. So we need to tend our hearts 
guard them and not neglect them. And I truly believe that today God wants to shift some things in some hearts. So be ready. The first thing that we needed to address in our pond was this sludge. I'm going to keep using that word. So deliciously disgusting. (laughs) Sludge in this parable is the build-up of things from our daily lives. So just like the leaves of our trees flitter down, land on the pond every day, little leaves. They're not a big problem until they are a big problem. It's the same with our daily lives. Things happen in our daily lives that muddy our relationship with God and others and clog up our ability to have Holy Spirit working through us. They dull our consciences and we start living in a way that's not actually that holy at all. It's very muddy and sludgy instead. Maybe that's habits. Maybe we've gotten into some habits, things we know we shouldn't do. But we ignore our conscience and we go over here and do them anyway. Okay, so you know, you guys know what those are in your lives and we all have them. There's not one person sitting here that doesn't have some kind of habit that needs to, you know, be tweaked at least or broken completely. Maybe it's a fence. Maybe a little conversation happened with someone and you're actually holding on to that in your heart. And that offence has turned into unforgiveness. That unforgiveness can become bitterness. And then our heart is really not where it should be at all. Perhaps it's disappointment or unmet expectations. Maybe it's comparison, lack of gratitude. Maybe we're feeling resentment towards someone. Maybe we're a little angry with our spouse today. Oh, both. No, don't do that. (laughs) Maybe we're feeling frustrated about some circumstance in our lives and we just wish it were different. But you know, wishing isn't praying. And there's a big difference. If you're wishing for something to change, start praying for it to change. Believe. Bring that faith. God is a God of miracles. So he wants us to, to turn those things around. Physical pain. Ongoing sickness. Are we suffering something that has yet to be healed? Are we finding ourselves saying things like, my bad back, my allergies, my anxiety? Jesus did not die for us to identify in our hearts with our sicknesses. Proverbs 7 tells us to write his teachings, his commands, his truths on our hearts. Not wear a badge of sickness and infirmity. That is not what Jesus died for. The Jesus I believe in came to heal us and set us free. So today we're going to stop that. We're going to stop saying my this and my that. And we're going to say my God instead. My God is my healer. My Jesus died so that I would not have to live under these kind of circumstances with that kind of sludge in my world. And I do believe there is healing today, particularly for anxiety, but for some physical ailments as well. So when we have that time of ministry at the end, if that's you, if you know you say that and you're like, oh no, I do say that, come forward. Today's the day. It's going to stop. So these little things might start little, but they build up. And if they're not cleared out, if we don't keep our hearts before God and confess those little things, then that sludge becomes deeper and deeper. And God working in our daily lives and being the Lord of our life is really compromised. Sometimes the things that we find in our hearts are bigger. And they can surprise us like a cat skull. 
And what I realised was that, for me, grief was like that. I lost my dad last year, and as I saw that cat skull, it was like, oh my gosh, grief can be so far down, so hidden, so deep. I couldn't see the cat skull from the surface, but it still had teeth. And you know, there are things in our hearts sometimes that we push on down and push on through, but they've still got teeth. Emotionally, they are biting us. They are making us heart sore. And so there are big things today that God wants to shift and move in our worlds. Or it might be something a little unexpected, like a golf ball. You might discover something about yourself in your heart that you're like, wow, I didn't know I was like that. Maybe you've realised that you are a little bit racist. Maybe you've realised you're not as loving as you thought you were. When Derek had a car accident a few years ago, I realised I am not Florence Nightingale. I am not as patient, compassionate, kind and loving as I thought I was. It was quite a shock. I didn't like myself. So maybe there's something unexpected in your heart that you kind of wish wasn't a part of you. And again, let's give that to God today. He can turn that around. Maybe we have a sprinkler hidden in the sludge of our heart. Now, the purpose of a sprinkler is not to be hidden deep in murk in the bottom of a pond. Its purpose is to be connected to a hose and spreading water. And I believe today that some of you have done that with some dreams. You've disconnected the dream sprinkler and you have hidden it in the bottom of the pond. And so tending our heart is about letting the sludge come out and letting other things have purpose in our world. God wants to get rid of what is harmful and to raise us up in the things that he has for us. We don't know our full capacity until we allow God to clean things out. Our pond was way deeper than we had imagined and can sustain more fish than we had thought at first. So I have a very mathematical architectural husband. So he had figured out the volume of the pond on what he thought and how many fish per whatever, whatever we could have in our pond. But when we cleaned it out, we had to re, you know, do all those little um, mathematical equations. And we realised, actually, our pond has capacity for more plants and more fish than we had thought at first. And it's the same with us. I feel like today there is a real call to leadership in some of you. And it's actually some of you sitting here going, I hope that's not me. Actually is you. I feel like there's some of you who are called to be a stronger part of here, of Queen's Beach. You have gifts, you have talents, and this is your arena, and God wants to use you here. So the cleaning out of the pond was messy. It stank. It was difficult and tiring. And maybe today you're feeling a little bit fearful about what cleaning out your heart might look like or feel like. You're a little bit afraid to actually pray, God, your will be done, because you feel like the cost of that is going to be horrible or you might feel like people around you like our neighbor came to see why is that stink around that people will look at you and wonder why there's some stinky stuff coming up and out of your life but you know our neighbor asks us daily now how are the fish how are the babies the neighbor comes and looks at our pond and delights with us in that and that's what this community is for you know we are this is a safe place to come and have some heart cleaning out happen because people will only cheer you on. They won't really actually look at the mess. Do you know what we did with the mess? We spread it across the lawn and it fertilised the lawn. The lawn is greener. The pond is cleaner. Our God is amazing. In Romans 8, 28, 
It says, In all things, God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. God is here to equip, uh, equip us for purpose today. Okay, so it's not just about getting our junk out for, you know, no purpose. God wants to then fill us with new things, with new things for his purpose, his call on your life. So that's why we come forward in faith, not just to get rid of smelly stuff. Tending our pond water is ongoing. I so wish it was a one-time deal and this sparkling pond would just last forever. If any of you own a swimming pool or a pond, you know what I'm talking about, okay? There's work to be done. So we bought this volcanic rock powder and we sprinkle it in our pond. And it is there to uh, suffocate or starve out the algae, get rid of the bad stuff, clear the water and release nutrients for the good plants. The word of God is just like this. The instructions on our pond powder say, if you don't see results, you're not using enough of it and you're not doing it often enough. It's the same with the Word of God. Vicki Simpson, who's a prophet, she's part of our C3 family, she put on her Instagram page a couple of weeks ago, read until he speaks. Open up the Word of God. Read until he speaks. Read a whole chapter. Read a whole story. Read a whole something. And then that one verse that sings in your soul, that speaks to your spirit, that's the one you hold on to. That's the one you sprinkle and apply in your life and you see a difference. I promise you will see a difference. Read until he speaks. So the instructions for us were to keep doing this and that's what we're doing. And it also said you can't overdose your pond on this powder. We can't overdose on God's word. We really can't. I mean, we might be a little bit crazy if we quit our job and, you know, full-time read the Bible all day, every day. But we cannot overdose in applying God's life, in living God's word in our everyday life. In the middle of our pond is a bird bath and a fountain. I don't know if we've got that photo. Uh, this is where the water flows. And as it gets more oxygen by this flowing process, it breathes life into the water of the pond and it helps the fish and the plants grow. As the water flows, the birds come and they drink and they bathe. They're attracted to it. Those ones are so noisy. I know they're actually technically a pest, but they're my favourite birds. I love them. They're so cheeky. They come every afternoon and make a big racket. So it's attractive when we're flowing in the things of God. The fountain to me looks like our call. We all have a different shaped fountain, different shaped call. And when we allow the living water of Jesus to flow in our heart, in us, through us, and out to others, others are attracted to it. Others have their needs met, and we all need each other. If we're all operating in our gifts, then we are a blessing to the body of Christ, to our church community, and to the community outside. It's attractive when we flow in our giftings. Um, in the book of John, Jesus meets a woman at the well, and she's a Samaritan woman, and Holy Spirit leads Jesus to meet her there in order to clean out some of her sludge, hers is mostly relational, and release her to become an evangelist. In John 4, 14, it says, Jesus says, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. That's what we want, eternal life, living water. When the woman embraces who Jesus is and she shares the news with her whole town, 
many there also come into relationship with him because the living water flowing through her to others was attractive. Others were attracted to it. When our hearts are clear, Holy Spirit can flow in us, redeeming us, and through us for salvation. Jesus repeats this idea about himself when he's teaching in Jerusalem in John 7. And I love how it says here in John 7, On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, I think he wanted this to be heard, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Rivers of living water. That's what God has for us. That really is. Before Jesus died, he declared to his disciples that they would do greater things than even he had done because he was going to send the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit was going to move in them and through them, that living water, that Spirit of God. And that's what we have here today. We have Holy Spirit here with us. When we gather, Holy Spirit comes. When we praise the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit comes. The only way that the water in our pond flows up and out of the fountain is when it's connected to the pump and the power switch is on. And God's Spirit's the same. We cannot do this in our own strength. We have to stay connected to God. We have to allow him to clear us out, to clear the sludge out. We have to come to him because then he is our source. He will strengthen us to help us guard our hearts and he'll fill us with that living water so that we can be a blessing to others. And maybe you're here today and you've never done that. You have no idea what I'm talking about when it comes to Jesus giving us living water. But you know in your heart right now that you're feeling a little dry, that there's something that you are wanting that you can't put in there for yourself. It's Jesus. That's why you're here today. He wants to come and be with us. He wants to offer us the same living water that he offered the woman at the well. So church, I'd love us just to close our eyes right now. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here. I sense that there are some people feeling quite dry. Maybe you've drifted away from that source of living water. Maybe there was a time where you felt very full, very fresh, very with Jesus alive on the inside of you. But that sludginess has kind of taken control instead. Maybe like me, you liked reading Bible stories as a kid, but you've never really had Jesus as Lord of your life since then. Or maybe today is actually your very first opportunity to come and meet with Jesus, to drink of him, to be filled, to say, yes, Jesus, I want you alive in me. So don't sit in the dry space. Don't allow that sludge to be controlling your world. Allow Jesus to be Lord of your life.
Let's pray together. Repeat after me. Lord, I thank you for your love for me. I thank you that you sent Jesus to die for my sins. I thank you that you are the source of living water. I turn to you and repent. And I ask you to wash my, my sins clean. I set aside the things in my heart that I have put before you. Jesus, I ask you to be my Lord and Saviour today. I give my life to you and receive your love and your salvation. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.